Hi, this is Pastor Rick. I come to you today with a powerful but yet simple message on delegation. If you're going to be a mature person, if you're going to be in business, if you're going to manage your life, your home, you have to learn this one lesson. Let people help you. Delegation is a powerful illustration of what it takes to really get to that next place you want to be. And sometimes you're trying to do it all yourself and you can't. So Acts chapter six is where we start. And I want to show you some principles, not only that can help you now, man, it can help you way down the road. So stay there on demand. It's in your hand, my friend. Enjoy today's message. I'll be right back after this message to pray for you. Today, I take you on a journey. We've got stuff to talk about. We're talking about maturity today. And this is, we're in this series and I've been plowing through the book of Acts. And so I'm in chapter six today. Next time we're together, we're going to be in chapter seven and eight. And I have stuff I want to talk about that I think really helps us understand how maturity looks in the Bible. People often use the book of Acts as a historical book, and it is. It's, it tells you the history of Israel. So you have the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, right? They present Christ, and then John, those are the gospels, all four of them, present Christ and his life and story and what he did, his beginning of his life, end of his life. Then the book of Acts is like the bridge. It's the bridge between the, the gospels and the epistles. So you have three basic divisions, right? You've got the gospels, the gospel um, message, it's Jesus preaching, teaching, and then dying and rising from the grave. Then you've got the book of Acts, which says, let me tell you what happened after Jesus died. And then you've got the epistles, or in other words, it means letters. So you've got the letters to Rome, the letters to Ephesus, the letters to Colossae, all the different cities. And so Paul writes letters, and the disciples write letters to these churches, and they tell them you know, how to organize, what to do, elders, deacons, explains all that. to It's just an amazing journey. So you have those three major links. Now, today we're in the book of Acts, and we're going to be here for a while because my goal is to show you how maturity looked in this historical book, and it is a book of history, and how you can measure maturity. So if you look at the chapter like, and say, okay, what in this chapter shows us a, a sign of maturity? And so in chapter 6, one thing shows you the sign of maturity in the church. It's called delegation. There was in the mind of the disciples, especially Peter and the early organizers of the church, and Paul as well, and a number of organizers, that you can't give all of it to one guy. You can't have it where one person does everything, knows everything, and that is such a dangerous thing for any organization to allow to happen, just period. But in Acts chapter 6, I want to show you a principle that I think was profound, and I want to um, just read for you, starting at verse uh, chapter 6, verse 1, and, and watch with me as the delegation um, uh, begins to rise, the argument for delegation and the argument for sharing the load and not trying to do it all by yourself arises. Look at verse 1. In those days when the number of the disciples was increasing, notice what's happening, there is a growth. The Hellenists, those were Greek-speaking Jews, uh, among them complained against the Hebrew Jews. Those are the Jews who spoke Hebrew. Here's what he says, because their, their workers were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. One of the things that happened after the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 was there was this incredible um, problem with people who stayed, who had come from so far away, and they were staying in Jerusalem, and so there wasn't enough money, food, and they were, didn't have jobs. And so they were raising money to help them. They were raising money to help those, those Christians, new Christians, adapt. And so in this text, I want you to see uh, 
there is this slow slide of growth that's just overwhelming. They were increasing. The increasing caused them to need to share food. So as they started sharing food, the, the Hebrew speaking, I'm sorry, the Greek speaking Jews, the Hellenists, complained against, against the Hebrews. Now, this is important because what you see is people that love God can disagree. What you see is people who care about the things of God can be on different sides. They can be Republican, they can be Democrat. Ah, they, can. They, can be, they, can have, they can both be valid, but have different views. They can be independent. They can be people who believe in vaccination and non-vaccination. People can be on both sides of an argument and love God. Even though I'm a big believer in vaccinations, just for the record, but moving past that. I believe very strongly that there's something about the, the way this entire thing you saw me just get anointed there and step back a little bit. <laughs> I'm getting excited. With the entire thing uh, that you see happening in the church and, and this chapter is just incredible. They're growing. It's explosive. But then they, there was this also deep feeling of being overlooked that the Hellenists had. And they were right. I want you to notice that in this story, they're not lying. They're not exaggerating. They're telling the truth. They were being overlooked because those with the advantage did not fairly share their wealth. And that's a worthy sermon all by itself. Sharing the wealth, sharing the resources and understanding the power of that. So what they do basically is they appoint Hellenists to oversee the process. They change people around to make sure it's more fair and it's intentional. So the argument is clear. They were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. And so there are three questions that I want you to just kind of think about after reading this. And I want you to just kind of ponder this in your mind. What do you need to delegate? What needs to happen around you to make the world fair? Because you haven't been able to do it by yourself. Peter wasn't able to do it by himself. So the Bible says in verse 2, so the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, it would, be a, it would be right, it would not be right, rather, for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. We shouldn't get together and try to solve this problem by us doing it. What we need to do, he says in verse 3, brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them I love this. And will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal, verse five, pleased the group. So they chose Stephen, the man of, of faith and the Holy Spirit and Philip and Nicanor and Timon and Par Parmenas and Nicholas from, um, from Antioch to con who converted to Judaism. Um, they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them. And so notice with me, you have this shift, this major shift, major redirection of everything. And what you basically will see is they delegate away this problem. The problem is there's not fair distribution of food. They're told about it and then they work to solve it. They work to solve it by giving it away to somebody else. Now I'm going to come back to that. But let me go back up and give you three questions that you should consider to kind of put all this in context, three simple questions. Number one, are you interested, are you in rather increasing in your responsibility? 
If you're in an increasing state, you're, you run the risk of strife showing up at some point. Growing companies, growing churches, growing families. How much have you added to your life? Think about this now. How much have you added to your life? How much have you been increasing? The more I do, the more help I need. The more I, um, I, I preach, teach, the, the bigger the team I need to help me uh, specifically manage what I'm trying to manage. I can't do it all by myself. I need somebody that's just designated to do this. So when our church got to a certain size, I needed a children's pastor. I needed a children's leader. I needed an assistant children's leader. Then we needed, we needed assistance. And so it was important to us to invest because that's what we needed. We were increasing. Sometimes you add, but you don't delegate. You're just stacking. And well, churches are notorious for this. They start programs and start programs and start programs, and nothing's ever taken out. And so they end up with 50,000 programs, and none of them really do well. That's what happens in a lot of industries, and we'll come back to that. Number two, are you hearing complaints about sharing the work? In this story, people were complaining. Are you hearing complaints? And if you are, what are the people saying to you? So in your house, people are complaining. In your house, people are fussing. On the job, people are fussing. In your organization, people are fussing. So what are they saying? Write it down and listen to it. If you're increasing in responsibilities in your family, if you're increasing in responsibilities in your job, if you're increasing, you've got to sit down and say, okay, we are now getting up in the morning. We're running out of this door. We're flying out here to get to uh, school. When we get out of school, we're flying to these games and we're flying to these rehearsals. They're, they're in soccer, basketball, football, kickball, uh, game ball. They're in everything. And so we go to this 6 o'clock or so in the evening. Then I rush home to cook. And after I finish cooking, then we go to bed. You know, after we do homework, it's 10 or 11 o'clock. And we get up and do the same thing every day. That's Insane. And what you see is you see, you keep adding, 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 and then you start hearing the complaining and you know and you ignore it. If you want to improve your company, you want to improve your church, you want to improve your family, you want to improve your job, then you've got to hear what the people are saying. I love this book. It's called Dying for a Paycheck. Good book, you gotta get it. Dying for a paycheck. And what this book says basically is people kill themselves working. There's no break. There's, there's even a name for it in, in Japan. People just said, you know, people are killing themselves by the thousands, not by a few, thousands of people every year commit suicide because they're exhausted. And so think about this for a minute. What are people saying around you? Your boss, what is your department saying? Not listening. You're just trying to get money. You're trying to get it done, but you're not thinking long term. Here's the third question I want you to think about. Is anyone feeling overlooked and neglected? In the story, you have the Hebrews who have the advantage. The Jews don't, the Hellenists don't, and they felt neglected. So who have you left behind? Who have you, who have you ignored and left behind? It's so easy when you're trying to build a business or you're trying to build a family, you're trying to build a ministry, that you start leaving people behind. You're not paying attention. You don't hear the complaints. You don't really care about the increases. Just drown them, drown them, drown them. And I really believe that part of the things that's happened during this challenging season is we're forced to not have as many services, forced to force, force, forced to concentrate and come to an important question, which is another question, another set of three questions. You ready? Watch this. What should you be doing? 
The 12 gathered together in verse 2. And they said, hey, guys, it's not right for us to leave the word of God and serve tables. We should not be solving this food problem. We should not be dragged into this fight. What should you be doing and what should you not be doing? It's really important for me to be clear as a pastor, be clear as a husband, be clear as a man, what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing. Sometimes you're involved in stuff and you shouldn't even be in it. You shouldn't even care. You shouldn't, you shouldn't even, it's not something that you should even think about because you shouldn't be doing it. He said we should not be solving the food distribution problem. I've learned so much in my ministry, in my life, in business. I've learned the power of delegation. I give stuff away. I let, let me say it again, I let people help me. I let them pay me, help me. I let them support me. And I do my part, but I let people help me. Let people help you. Let people help you. This, 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 what should you be doing? And then secondly, what do you need to turn over? Look at verse four. I'm sorry, verse three and four. Here's what he said in verse three. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known. Choose guys that are known. Choose guys that are full of the, of the spirit and wisdom. Don't just get anybody. Don't just, don't just go get in. You know, not just anybody, but go get some smart people. And once you get them, is what he says. Turn this responsibility over to them. Give it to them. See, the problem is you go hire people and do their job. You go hire people and you don't let them do their job. There's something about turning it over and saying, okay, it's your hand. It's in your hand. You do it. It's in your hand. Here it is. Do it. Can you, can you please, please just consider this change and watch it happen. I'm going to take a little side trip for just a minute. One of the things that I think we need to delegate is the responsibility to do evangelism. Churches like ours always want to organize evangelism. We want to organize everything. We want everybody to come together. We're going to teach you how to do evangelism, teach you how to win people to God. And then we create these small groups and everybody's trying to organize and monitor and put numbers up. Maybe you just kind of create some healthy environment, right, a healthy environment, and let them just go do it. And you don't even get to count the people. Think about that for a second. You don't get to, you don't get to brag about the numbers who came to Christ because they went on to Christ. You don't, there's something about delegating it away, giving it away and letting it organically grow. Pastor Rick, it might grow crazy. If you look at what's happening in the church now, it's not growing at all. Most churches, over 80% are in some kind of decline. It, it's, it's huge. You, you got a huge number that aren't coming anymore. You've got this pandemic that's flying your way. You've got a lot of things that, that you cannot, you cannot succeed if you are not willing to delegate. Give it away. One of the greatest moments in my marriage, my wife walked up to me one day. I was sitting there looking at our business account and we were you know, selling product and writing books and stuff. And so, and I was speaking. And so there was this money that we made and then there's a whole lot of bookkeeping and there's a lot of, a lot of stuff, taxes and stuff. And she, she looked at me and she walked over to me and I was sitting at the table and she just stood there and she said, can, can, I, can, can you just do me a favor? Can you give me that? Can you just hand me all of that? It was a great moment. And maybe I just was tired. Maybe I just my, I came to my senses and I gave it to her. 
And I, I got up from the table and I said, it's all yours. Best decision ever. And she's so gifted and so smart. I mean, she said, there's, but I'm telling you, there's something about people who never do this. I have learned after 40 plus years of serving, it's the key to being healthy in your head and in your heart. You cannot continue to do it all. Delegate. Some of you need somebody to help you run the house. You can afford it, but you won't do it because you're cheap. Delegate. Some of you need to have somebody cut your grass because you're too busy and your grass is growing up in your house like it's in the jungle. Delegate. You, my friend, need to have somebody help you because you can't get in shape by yourself. Delegate. Get somebody to help you. You can't do it all yourself. There's something about coming to that realization. You can't. You don't manage money well. Admit it. Delegate. You can't, you can't get the academics down without a tutor. Delegate. I do it. Oh, yes, I, 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 have, I reach out for academic help. I am not committed to trying to do all this without support. Some of you, some of us need to delegate. And that brings me to my last question for the day. Can you name someone that can help with this responsibility? In chapter 6, verse 5, he names them. He says, you know, you know Tim and Tim Nicanor, and Nicanor, Philip, all these guys. Stephen was the main guy who's highlighted in our text because he's the main guy that the story that the Bible talks about. But Stephen was, was the guy he, that could be named. Name somebody. I'll give somebody. No, name somebody. But here's what, something. This is a side thought. You know one of the problems? The people that we need, the people who come to our mind that we need to go talk to about money because we know this person does better with money and we need to go to them. But the problem is we don't want to talk to them. So we, we run those people out of our lives. There's something about having people in your life who honestly talk to you. Who can honestly say, you know what, let me talk to you. You know who that is. Some of you, a name just popped in your mind. You went, oh, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not calling them. I'm not. I'd rather just die. And I know people who've done this. They just would rather lose everything. That you get to this moment in your life, and I've had to reconcile this in my head. I have had to say to myself, Temple, let people help you. So I have an accountant. I let them help me. If things aren't going in the right direction, you have to have those great moments, you know, where you sit down and say, well, here's what we did wrong. I did wrong and here's what I need to do right. And then they watch me to see if I, you know, okay, you're on the right track. Good. Okay. You, you have, to, there's something about coming to the moment when you say, I cannot do everything. Here's what happens if you do it this way. Look at verse 7. This is so powerful in Acts chapter 6. He said this. So the word of God spread because they delegated. The word of God spread faster. The number of the disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. A lot of the people working in the synagogues, the leaders were coming to Christ. People were getting saved. It grew faster. It had more diversity. The priests were there. All that happened because they were willing to delegate. You want things to change? Delegate. All right. Here's the problem. Are you willing to admit you can't do this alone? Have you come to that place yet? Are you willing to admit what they were not willing to admit? Here's, here's what they couldn't admit. 
we cannot distribute this food fairly to everybody the way we're doing it. We're, we're showing favoritism without knowing it. So here's what happened. They changed. And when they changed, everything shifted. But here's what you got to do to change. You ready? Stop distributing food the way you've been doing it and start doing it a new way. So you have to stop. Pause. Sometimes it's not until you pause. You know, remember that game as kids, you, you go in and say, freeze, right? You got you to freeze. You got to say, this way of spinning, this way of thinking, this way of responding, this way. I got to freeze all of that. And now I've got to be open to a new way. But what if you are the kind of person who will not allow people to help you? What if you're the kind of person that says no? Well, there's no way to help you if you won't stop what you're doing. They had to stop the distribution plan they had and start a new one. Sometimes you have to stop the way you manage your life, manage your money, manage your relationships, and you have to start a new way. You have to stop. Stop and say, hey, can we talk? I need you to help me with this. I'm not doing good at marriage. I'm not doing good at relationships. I'm not good do, doing good with business. I need you to talk to me. If you're not willing to let people help you, look at the preacher. You will never succeed long term. You may have a short term of success here or there, but when it comes to lasting for years and years and years, you cannot last because you're trying to do it all alone. Let me pray for you. For some of you, this is the message. For some of you, this is the word. This is it. For some of you, this is the thing that will change everything in your life because you're exhausted, you're tired, you're, you're, you're isolated, and you're struggling. Let's pray. Father, I pray for what we've heard today. I pray that this message would bring life and health to those who've heard it. May it inspire them to change. May it inspire them to grow. May it inspire them to be different. I give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, it's been fun. It's been a joy. I've enjoyed being with you today. I pray you are inspired. I hope you remember my announcement earlier when I said to you, I said, you know, there's going to be opportunities for us to gather together. But before I get to that, I want to, which is the drive-in services that happen every first Sunday, I want to close with one final prayer I almost forgot. Some of you, you know, you've heard this and you said, Pastor, I, I listened to what you said about delegation and, and spiritually I'm, I'm struggling. Well, let me, let, me, let me help you with that. If you're struggling, just pray this prayer with me. Just pray this prayer. This prayer is designed to say, Jesus, I, God, I get it. I, I, need, I need help. I need, I need to invite somebody into my life to help me. So let me pray with you. Father, let this be the beginning of a new life for those who are watching today. A transformed moment when their lives will never be the same. May you bring healing and grace to them today. And may they say, Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I trust you. I give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I pray you got that message in your heart and soul. I pray that it lifted your heart and mind to see what difference you can make if you are willing to be a person who's really willing to give away power. There's something about giving. Giving it shall be given unto you. There's something healthy about this concept of you surrendering your life to support. I can't tell you how much it saved me. It's been amazing over these last 40 plus years of serving in this role. So 
I want you to think about delegating a little thing, some things away. It might change your life. So let me pray for you. Father, bless those today who've heard this message on demand. May it lift their hearts and minds to see the power of giving away authority, sharing authority, and not trying to do it all by themselves. So we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to last, my friend. I want you to stay around. You can't do it if you try to do it all by yourself. Put it all on your shoulders. You can't get there. You'll just drown under the weight of it. But if you're willing to say, help me, I need some wise people to come into my life and let them be who they are. They can help you get to where God wants you to be and where you need to be. See you next time. My name is Pastor Rick right here on demand. You be blessed and keep your life open. Delegate. Give away some of that power, some of that time for yourself and make your life better. Bye-bye.